this morning we will continue on the same sermon series walking through the epistles last week i gave an introduction to this series and today i want to give an introduction to the particular sermon that we are going to talk about we will be basically focusing our minds on the epistle of galatians amen so this morning i would like to give an introduction towards the epistle of galatians before i really get there i just want to you know give an idea that where i get my resources you know when we talk about you know some of the books of the bible when we talk about some of the history i can't really prepare my sermon without referring any documents you know i may go wrong you agree with me i can't really wait on the lord for god to speak to me on everything that i can deliver no no that's not right i may go wrong so you have to remember refer you know a couple of commentaries and couple of already written documentation so that i'll be in line with all those theologians right so they are great people of god they are great men and women of god you know when i think about spurgeon you know you can look at the documentation he returned he has written i could never imagine and some of the commentators you know the way they have written those documentation so we could never imagine you know how much they have spent their time and their very life in the word of god and this morning it is my pleasure to refer some of those commentaries so I just uh, you know put listed couple of them here so i'm referring to clark's people's commentary published in the year 1903 by the american baptist publication society so that's one particular document and the second one is the notes and outlines of galatians by dr j vernon maggi so vernon maggi is a good commentator he's an american ordained presbyterian minister and a pastor and a bible teacher and a radio uh, minister so i always love to refer to his documentation so this is my honor to refer vernon uh, maggi at this point of time and also i referred a couple of other online commentaries and other study notes so this morning god may speak to us through all this resources that are already available plentifully for us so we are going to get uh, into a time of studying the book of galatians it's good to study epistles because we will know the mind of god because god revealed his mind to the apostle paul and god spoke to those churches and those words and those literature can speak into our lives and i believe spirit of god will help us as we take us take this sermon further let's talk about a couple of you know outlines that we gave last week as we start our study our sermon series on the book of epistle on the book of uh, galatians so let's talk about the authenticity of the document you know before we study any book uh, in the bible we need to make sure that you know we know that you know for sure that it is authentic but historically how it is proved that the book written is authentic the genuineness of the epistle of galatians has already generally been agreed and acknowledged you know since the second century there is no doubt about it it is authentic it is written by paul and the authenticity of the book has been overall it has been accepted paul's personality you know is so impressed in his documentation in his writings you know so we we can rest assured that this particular documentation is not forged 
The forgery can be eliminated because if you read through Galatians, Paul's personality is very seen. The way, as we you know, move further, we will see those things. The way Paul talks, the way, way Paul deals with people, uh, the way Paul, with, Paul deals with Jews as well as Gentiles. You know, it's all there. It's all seen there. So any you know, chance of forgery can be totally eliminated. And the witnesses and the testimony of these writings they have been admitted even by the most destructive critics, the modern critics. There are external you know, individuals, they also give testimony on Paul's writings. Polycarp, Polycarp was a second centurion bishop of uh, the church of Smyrna. You know one of the churches in the book of Revelation? One of the churches by name Smyrna. So Polycarp was a bishop in the second century, bishop of the church of Smyrna, and he was a martyr. You know, he was just burnt alive, if you remember his, his, his story. Right? So he, uh, Polycarp, he talks so much about uh, Paul's writings, writings especially to the church of Galatian. Justin Martyr, Justin Martyr was a second century early Christian apologist, you know, who defended the faith, Christian faith. So he was a second century apologist. Thank God, even apologists were there, even, you know, even in the second century. And we really thank God for the apologists that they are around today. We really thank God for Rabbi Zacharias. You know, there are many more people today. They defend the Christian faith. You know, Bible also says that we need to have a reason for our faith, why we believe in God. We all need to have a reason. We all to know a little bit of apologetics. Right, so so Justin, Justin Martyr, you know, he gave a good testimony, testimony about the book of Galatians, Ignatius, an early Christian writer and a bishop of the church in Antioch. And Athenagoras, so he's a second century Greek Christian philosopher of Athens. You know, they all give good testimony on Paul's writings. So undoubtedly, the epistles of Galatians, the epistle of Galatians is really the work of the apostle Paul. So there is no doubt about it. So we are talking about the authenticity, authenticity of the book of Galatians. So you know a little bit of history to it because we need to know the context in which this book was written and to whom the book was written. So when we read the epistle, we will know. You know, we have it in our mind and that's very, very important to set the stage as we read further, as we study further. Let's talk about the time and the place of writing. The dating of Galatians is affected, really affected by two different theories. Whether the church of Galatia were located in the northern central part of Asia Minor, that is known as ethnic Galatia, the northern part is known as ethnic Galatia, or they are located in the southern part of Asia Minor, the southern part is known as the Roman province of Galatia. We'll see that map in a moment. The Northern Galatian theory, according to the Northern Galatian theory, that says the churches were established in the northern part of Galatia. And it says Paul had not been there in the northern part of Galatia until the third missionary journey. You know, Paul had three different missionary journeys. So until the third missionary journey, Paul was not there. So probably the Northern Galatian theory says, the epistle of Galatians would have been written after the third missionary journey. That is somewhere around 57 and 58 AD. So that's a northern Galatian theory. Southern Galatian theory says 
They also base their findings upon the theory that says that Paul had three different missionary journeys. And they say that likely the, the, the epistle of Galatians is likely to be written between the second and the third missionary journeys. But none of them are, you know, really can be proved. It's all the historic evidences that we have. When Paul wrote, we are trying to talk about the timeline and the place where the book of Galatians was written. So there are two different theories. We talked about Northern Galatian theory and Southern Galatian theories. They all differ in a couple of years here and there. So finally, you know, we, we know that you see the yellow line there. The first journey was between 46 and 48 AD. You know, Jesus, we assume that Jesus left the face of this earth at 33 and half AD. If that is so, very close. 10, 13 years from there, you know, Paul made his first missionary journey. And he made his second missionary journey, 49 to 52 AD. And the third missionary journey, 54, 55. The first theory says that Galatians is written somewhere around 55, 56, 57. The second theory says that the Galatians is written between 46 and 48. So for us, it is, you know, very, very appropriate to place the date or to date the epistle of uh, Galatians around AD 54 and 55. Amen. So that's the time, AD 54 and 55, that's the time Paul wrote the book of Galatians. So shall we have a look at the map of the earlier Asia Minor and today's map, today's world. Right? I'm not sure how visible it is for you. So what you see on uh, top right or left is your uh, earlier your top left so we see your earlier uh, Asia minor that's what you see there right you see Galatia there so I'll make sure that I'll get this in the in, in your video when we have the video ready so you will still see you'll be able to see this map right so right now the Asia minor earlier it was Asia minor in those Asia ancient days but right now that place is known as Turkey so all the seven churches, the book of Revelation talks about, they're all there placed in the Asia Minor, where right now we have Turkey. So right there, you know, below you have Egypt, and you have uh, the southern part, we have southern east, we have Iran and Iraq, and you have the western part, you have Rome, Italy, and you have Germany and all the other nations, you know, uh, uh, around Turkey. That's a historic location where all the majority of the New Testament episodes took place. You know, today it is amazing to see, you know, how God is working. The very little movement that started in Jerusalem, right there in Jerusalem, it just spread out as the Apostle Paul took the gospel to Europe. That was his mission. In Acts, as we know, each apostle, they went to different nations, different parts of the globe. And Paul took the gospel to Europe and we are talking about his ministry and his ministry had a great impact in the New Testament because in a majority of the books were written by Paul during his first second and third missionary journey now let's talk a little bit about the recipients of the epistle are you with me okay I know it's a little hard but we need to go through it you know it, it's going to you know put us in a much better position where we'll be able to study the book of uh, Galatians now let's talk about the recipients of the epistle Epistle is addressed, this particular epistle is addressed to the church of Galatia. The name is basically a contraction between two names, Gallo, can you say Gallo with me? 
Gallo and Gracia. And Gallo and Gracia, they put together and they are known as, made known as Galocia. Sorry, Gallo Gracia. Right? So that's where Galatia is derived. So just keep that in mind for time being. So basically the name is contracts between two names, Gallo and Gracia. Now Gaul, G-A-U-L, Gaul is a historic region of Western Europe during the Iron Age. You remember the Iron Age? Right? So people were making their plowshares with iron, right? So, so you know, they were just making their own implements. So the, you know, those Iron Age, so historical region of the Western Europe was known as Gaul. I mean, this is history. Or geography, whatever you name it, right? So, so, uh, so that's known as Gaul during the Iron Age. Now it is a presently France and Luxembourg and Belgium and most of Switzerland and also part of Northern Italy and Netherlands and Germany. They form the Gaul region of the ancient Western Europe. Now we are, we are trying to locate where the book of Galatians was written. Now, the name is, as we said, it's a name is a con in a contraction between Gallo and Gracia. Now, it also suggests that it, the, the, you know, it started with the Gala uh, Gallic origin of those Celtic tribes lived in that region. Can you say Celtic? Celtic? So Celtic tribes lived in the Gallo region. So who are these Celtic tribes? A person who speaks a Celtic language or a descendants of such person who speaks Celtic language, though that includes Britons, Irish, Welsh, and Scottish, or Celts. People who speak this language, people who are from migrating from this nation, they are known as Celts. So Celtic tribes, they moved to where? Gaul. Can you say that with me? Celtic tribes, they moved to Gaul. So that's where, you know, Paul was writing this book. Now let's have a little more history added to that. Celtic tribes came from a region that is north of Alps. You know, you remember those mountains? Alps mountains? You know, they come at the southern part. They cover the southern part of Turkey and Egypt just before, above Egypt in those areas. And also in this very extensive mountain region in uh, mountain range in Europe, and also west of Rhine. Rhine is a river that is flowing through Germany and the Netherlands. So the west of Rhine and the north of Alps, you know, people who are living there, you know, you can imagine what kind of people they were living there. They all migrated to Asia Minor during 278 BC. You are now talking about before Christ, 278 years before Christ, these Celtic people, they moved from this particular region, those mountain regions, and at the side of the river, they could not live there, continue to live there. They moved to a better place. They migrated to a better place known as Asia Minor during 278 BC. Now they came there and they mingled with the Greek population there in Bithynia and Phrygia, and then, then soon adopted that culture that was seen there, the Greek culture, and they mixed with those people and eventually Galatia is about to be formed. Now these invaders, we call them as invaders because they came and occupied the region of Asia Minor. They came and occupied and settled down in 230 BC there before Christ. Now Atalus, Atalus is a king, Atalus is a king of Pergamos. He fought with them and he confined them to a very narrow region that is eventually known as Asia Minor. And later in BC 189, 
They fell under the power of Romans. Romans took power over them. And Romans established their own leadership and gave them the small region known as Asia Minor. And in that Asia Minor, the Eastern Army, it is known as Eastern Gaul. It is a historic region of Western Europe that was called as Galatia. And Paul, during his missionary journey, he went there, he found out all these tribes, you know, sitting there and located in that particular region known as Asia Minor. And he worked with those people and he started establishing churches there. And Galatia, Church of Galatia was established over there. Let's talk about some of the characteristics of the Church of Galatia are Celtic characters, characteristics. Because they are all known as Celtic people. So let's talk about some of the characteristics of these Celtic people. You know, from the very early uh, writings and also from the recent writings, we know very well the characteristics of Celtic people. This is very important because we are going to study the book of Galatians. And when we study the book of Galatians, we need to know what for what kind of people, to what kind of people the book was written. So the book was written for these kind of people because we know their characteristics. Number one, the history says, some of those writings say, they are very unsteady in their purpose. But that's not new, right? They are very unsteady in their purpose. They are very changeable in ideas. They are fond of innovation. Anything they find, find something new, they will go behind those things. Right? You know, we, we too have that little bit of those characters in our lives too. We don't want to keep doing the same thing every time. We want something new. And after the, after the New Year's service, uh, end of New Year's service or maybe the next few days, someone came and asked me, Pastor, what is new in this year? What is new in this year? Normally we don't want to do the same thing over and over again. Something new. And this Celtic people, you know, they are very good in that. They are always behind novelties. They are always behind innovation and newness. And look at some of those other characters. You know, they are very, very frank in terms of their opinions and the way they talk. They are very impulsive in spirit. They are open to every impression. They are, you know, they, they are basically intelligent people, but they show an extreme fickleness. Fickleness is, you know, very uncertain. They are very uncertain. Can you imagine such a person? Who's very, very, very uncertain, who jumps into anything, very uncertain, not very stable. He cannot keep doing what he can keep doing every time. You know, some of us are like that in our, even in our work situation. We don't like keep doing the same thing over and over again. We want new things. And Celtic people were known for that. And now because of their fickleness or their behavior, when Paul came to Galatia, Paul was received as an angel of God. Paul was really accepted very well by these people. But little later, you know, they became affectionate with the people who are enemy to Paul's. You know, Paul had enemies. You know that? Paul had enemies. People who are against the gospel, people who are, you know, against the, word, uh, the, 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 the authenticity of uh, Apostle Paul. And they became friends with those people and they started doing things against Paul. Celtic nature. We know from the epistles, from Galatian epistle, that they were very, you know, very eager to receive Paul's doctrine. Very enthusiastically, they accepted Paul's doctrine. But later on, somebody came with their false teaching and they accepted them too. Celtic nature, it's not good. It's not good. 
They eventually adapted to another gospel. And writings also say that they bite and devour each other. They fight with each other. Always people with, you know, who fight with each other, Celtic nature. And they are also into drunkenness and rivalries, means partying and drinking, you know, all this kind of nature where they're in the Celtic people. And Paul, the way Paul was sounding, he was very certain. He was very, you know, very, 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 in a certain way he's talking, with an authoritative way he writes to them. Otherwise, they don't listen. Otherwise, they don't listen. You know, that's, that's how Paul is writing the document to Galatians. To such a people who are not stable in their mind, who are not stable in their thinking, who, who are always, you know, biting and devouring each other, who always, you know, look for newness, who are also into drunkenness and partying and all those kind of things. Such a crowd was there in Galatia. And Paul was writing. So we talked about the characteristics of Celtic or Galatian people. Let's talk about a little bit about Paul's visit to Galatia. This is easy. We already talked about it. Some people believe that during the first missionary journey, Paul went along with the Barnabas and he established several churches in Asia Minor, especially in Galatia. Some people believe this. Churches were established during the first missionary journey, but majority of the people, they believe that Paul's first visit to Galatia was during his second missionary journey. And Paul's second visit to Galatia was during his third missionary journey. And the reason is, you know, if you look at the Galatian map, you know, there are, Paul went through the southern part of Galatia. He did not really go to the northern part of Galatia. And those people, they still believe that during his third missionary journey, Paul extensively traveled inside Galatia and he established many churches. And he also wrote the gospel, sorry, the, the epistle of Galatia. So Paul, but Bible says, Paul certainly visited Galatia, at least the southern part, during his first missionary journey, second missionary journey, because some of the cities that he went through, some of the provinces that he passed through, they really tell us that, you know, Paul had to go through Galatia during his first, second, and third missionary journeys. Let's talk a little bit about the occasion of the epistle. What was the situation there? You know, before we close, we have a couple of more, uh, you know, sections to go through. The occasion of the epistle, what was really going on in the church of Galatia? We know a little bit of it because we talked about it last week. Some of the Jewish teachers had gone after Paul to the Galatians and they claimed that the Jewish law was binding upon Christians. They admitted that Jesus is messiah listen to this carefully jesus is messiah but claiming that salvation must be obtained by the work of the law are you with me so they went and the false teachers went and told the people of galatia we believe in jesus but salvation cannot come through jesus it can come through only by following the law only by the work of the law salvation can come through and they urged galatians even to be circumcised you remember paul came and he worked against those laws the mosaic laws and he said you don't need to follow all these rituals right you don't need to follow all these rituals to go 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 to heaven all that you need to do is you need to be washed by the blood of the lamb you need your sins need to be forgiven you need to confess your sins and receive forgiveness that's where that's how you receive salvation but these false teachers they went back to galatia 
and they were undoing all the works that was done by Paul. You know, this is very interesting. Even today, there are people around this world. They are workers, you know, counter work. You know, that's the work of Antichrist. That's the work of Satan. They counter work all the efforts the church is doing in the, on the face of this world, uh, on the face of this earth. They counter work all the effort that is put by the churches and the pastors and the mission workers and the missionaries. You know, Satan always works in that way. Now, in order to gain, they also did one more thing. In order to give, you know, preeminence or priority for those teachers, they said they were basically trying to weaken their confidence in Paul. You know, Paul taught them so many things. And they were gladly received. They gladly received them and they, followed, they were following it. Now, an easy way the enemy can undo everything is to talk negative about the, the preacher, the pastor, Paul. So, you know, he was just removing. They were removing the confidence that people had on Paul. They said that, you know, it's all right. He was a spiritual teacher and everything is good. But remember, he was not one among the twelve. Was Paul one among the twelve apostles? Hello, church. Was Paul one among the twelve apostles? Yes or no? No, right? So Paul was not one among the twelve apostles. Are we sure? Yes, okay. Now, the same thing came up there. They said that, yes, you all believe what Paul spoke. But remember, Paul was not one among the early apostles. His teachings were not binding in authority. His teachings are not really coming from Jesus because only the 12 they walked through Jesus, walked along with Jesus, they know what it is. They said that Paul received all these teachings from someone else and he came and preached here. So just don't believe his teachings. Don't believe in his apostleship. You know, this was the damage that was done at the church of Galatia. And Paul is writing to them after his third missionary journey or between second and third missionary journey. He's again writing back to them. You know how much his heart would have broken. All the work that he has done for the church. Establishing them and raising them up. And eventually some people came. And because of their false teaching, you know, everything was kind of nullified. And Paul was so upset when he was writing this, writing, writing this letter to them. So we will see the tone, the way Paul talks to those people, the way Paul deals with them. Let's talk a little bit about the purpose of the epistle. Paul is writing this letter to warn Galatians to keep away from all the false teachings. We are talking about the, what is the purpose of this document now. Paul had to defend the gospel of grace. There are three things Paul is trying to do that we'll talk about that repeatedly. Number one, Paul is trying to defend the gospel of grace. Say that with me. And he is explaining the gospel of grace. And he is going to apply the gospel of grace. The false teaching says everything is by the work of the law. But Paul says it's not really by the work of the law. It is by the grace. And he's going to defend the grace of God. He's going to explain the grace of God. And he's going to help them to apply the grace of God. We're going to read a couple of scriptures here. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21 says. Galatians 2.21. I can read that for you. Galatians 2.21 says. Paul writes. We are, we are into the document now. We are reading from the document. We are, we are trying to introduce right now. So we are reading from Galatians 2.21. Listen to these words carefully. You know, that, that really sets the context here. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. He's not talking in the ordinary sense. He's very upset in his heart. 
and he is with an angry tone he is saying that if you think that everything is by law christ died for you is in vain now he is teaching them we see that in galatian 2:21 now his authority as an apostle that was in question because the damages that were made already by the false teachers now even paul had to defend and he has to restate reiterate his call to be an apostle listen to this what he is writing even in the very beginning of book of galatians he was saying that he was not a man made apostle why he had to say this to a church don't they don't they know that he is not a man made apostle but he is saying this because it was undone by the false teachers and you know we don't see those things they are all written in the history books they are all written in the early century historians they mention they write all these things so it's very important to know the history and to study the book of god a book of the law you know when the in the context of the history if we take the book out of the context we will not understand the intention of intention of the heart of god now paul had to defend his apostleship in galatians 1:1 1, 1, he says paul an apostle and in parenthesis this is what he says not from men nor through man but through jesus christ and god the father who raised him from the dead he's saying that i am an apostle not through man but by god now that's how he introduced he had his defending his apostle should be talking about the purpose of the epistle we are not into the topic into the book yet but we are talking it's still giving an introduction we are talking about the purpose of the epistle the gospel and paul says that he is now trying to defend the gospel the gospel i preach is not received from man it is a revelation that god had given me those false teachers came and told them that i understand he studied so much we understand we he studied so much but he has not received it from god he received from men and now paul is writing to them saying that in galatians 1:11 but i make known to you brethren that the gospel which i which which was preached by me is not according to man verse 12 galatian 1 for i neither received it from man nor was i taught it but it came through the revelation of jesus christ he is defending the gospel and finally he had to defend his call you know he has to do all these things otherwise they are not going to listen to him because the false teachers already mentioned that paul is in a false apostle he is not a real apostle now he is having a challenge in front of him to reiterate that and to make people to believe him and believe the gospel and believe the doctrine and he says when the call came to me you may say that i am called by man i am you know taught by man but it is not true i received a call from god and paul says i did not immediately when the call came to me i did not immediately confer or consult with flesh and blood in galatians 1:17 he says did i go up to jerusalem to those who were apostle before me i did not even go to the apostles to see to make sure i'm really called of god i did not even do that i did not even consult with my own flesh and own blood when god called me i just became i obeyed that call of god you know he was again defending the call that was upon him so this is the purpose of this epistle so you know with this all this in mind we will be studying the book of galatians in the coming days and before we close let's look at the major divisions of the book of galatians if you can read that if you are able to see this there are a couple of information we quickly go through it before we close there are two columns the good way to read this is in a column wise number one column number one says gospel of grace defended 
Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 to 221. We are trying to give a major division of the book of Galatians. Paul is basically defending the gospel of grace in these sections. Paul also defends his apostleship. So basically, he is defending the gospel of grace. And during these sections, Paul uses his authority. Listen to me carefully. Paul uses his authority. He will not share any opinion. He will not give an option to, for them to talk. He says, this was the call of God. And that's how I got the revelation from Jesus Christ. I am authentic. You know, I am defending myself because I am an apostle. I may not be one among the twelve, but I am called of God. And you know, he was very authentic. And he basically tells about his personal autobiography. So it is basically biographical. And it's an explanatory. So he talks about the authenticity or authentication of liberty. God has given me the freedom to talk. And you can walk in that freedom. He talks about that. The gospel of grace. He's trying to defend the gospel of grace. And second section, the second column, gospel of grace is explained there. Galatians 3, 1, 2, 4, 31. Paul is basically defending the gospel of justification by faith. You know, but the false teaching was justification by the work of the law. Now Paul is defending in the second section. And he is telling them justification is by faith, not by the work of the law. And Paul is telling them, you know, you don't need to be in bondage of the law. You can be in freedom. He's talking about the freedom, not the bondage. And now he brings all the doctrinal matters here. All the doctrinal accuracy here. He talks about the justification by faith. And he talks about the sanctification by the spirit. We'll talk in detail. Those doctrines, those teachings. And he talks about those things there in the second section. Basically, it's a doctrinal exposition or doctrinal explanation is what Paul is giving in this second section. It's again, it's a kind of debate or it's the kind of argument or basically he's reasoning them, questioning them. Who made you to walk away from them, from these things? You remember he starts chapter 3 verse 1 saying, oh foolish Galatians. You know, he's reasoning, he's questioning them. What happened to you? So this section is basically kind of an argumentation or, or it's a kind of, a, uh, what do you say, it's a reasoning for liberty from bondage. The final section, the gospel of grace that is applied. He calls the church towards liberty. From Galatians 5.1 to chapter 6.18, the rest of the book. He talks, mentioned mostly about spirit and flesh, the work of the spirit, the work of the flesh. And he says that, you know, it's very important you cannot operate by flesh, you need to operate by the spirit. He talks about the practical application, he talks about walking in spirit. He talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He talks about the characteristics of uh, any Christian. So it becomes a practical application for the church of Galatia. So it's a practical exhortation or an advice. So the word of God is applied in their lives towards liberty. Let's little bit uh, talk about a little bit about uh, the style and the tone. We know that already, so that before we close. Now mostly it's vigorous. Paul is very aggressive in, in Galatians. You know, I don't know why we are taking that epistle for us, our study. But Paul seems to be not quiet. He's not happy. What is happening in the churches? 
You know, maybe I believe, you know, God is calling us, God is opening our eyes and God is telling us, you know, even he is not happy. The spirit of God may not be happy with what is happening in the churches today. Maybe that's where God is opening our eyes. We don't know what God is trying to tell us this morning as we start the study of this epistle. You know, he's very blunt. He's straightforward. He's argumentative at times. He's very direct. He's very corrective in nature. He's giving instruction and corrections to them. And he's in, there is a great urgency we see in the word of God, the way he writes. And it is very short. It's not very big epistle. He's having a holy anger burning up within him. We see that in the epistles. There are very strong words used. We will not fail to notice those things in the, in the coming days. Eventually, you know, a little bit narrowing it down as we close. What is the theme of the epistle of Galatians? I would say the theme is justification by faith and not by the work of the law. Can you say that with me? Justification by faith, not by the work of the law. That would be the theme of the book of Galatians. And one, there are a couple of key verses. There is one key verse if we could quote before we close. Galatians 5.1. If you can read that with me, if you can read. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That was the theme verse that Paul is trying to address to the church in Galatia. Now as we understood a little bit about the timeline, the location, and the characteristics of the people to whom the letter was written, and the kind of damage that was done at the, in the church of Galatia and the purpose of this particular epistle as he is writing this epistle to the church in Galatia and also we did we, we, we kind of divided the, the, the entire book into three sections gospel of grace defended and gospel of grace explained and applied the coming days if God willing we will see what exactly Paul is talking about what exactly the heart of God you know as he was talking to the church in Galatia and to you know bring the church into an order what the spirit of god was you know the way the spirit of god was using paul to talk to them probably you know god may speak to us as we take this further in the coming day shall we all stand for a moment this morning